Good morning, afternoon, evening, or maybe middle of the night. Wherever you are and whatever time it is, welcome to The Sleep Mums, the parenting podcast that will help you and your baby get more sleep. I'm Kat Cuby. I'm a broadcaster, blogger, I know some folk think that's a bit of a dirty word, but that's okay, and blitherer. And this is Sarah Carpenter, baby sleep expert and consultant. So the dirtiest things she deals with are newborn nappies. Ah, those lovely korma poos. Together, we are the Sleep Mums. I'm sorry I'm busting. I really need to go for a pee. <laughs> the good old pelvic floor muscles working hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Let's do this. This week's podcast is about the Sleep Mums' golden rule of baby sleep. But don't worry, I know some folks think that rules suck when it comes to parenting. They're like, God damn it, I'm the one who's meant to be setting the rules. But not doing this rule won't get you into trouble or anything. But knowing it will help you and your family get more sleep and actually probably make you feel less freaked out by the whole rule thing. Okay, first of all, let's talk about Sarah's favourite word. Go on, Mike, drop it now. Consistency. (laughs) It's very Mary Poppins. I literally (laughs) could not tell you how many times I've heard Sarah say that, but it's probably about 11 billion, something like that. So as it's your favorite word, tell me why the hell is it so important when it comes to baby sleep? Babies and children thrive on knowing what's happening. So even if you don't think that you want a routine in place and you don't think you're a routine my parent which is totally fine having the consistency is going to give some structure to the baby's day the child's day and to your day it doesn't mean that everything's going to go completely smoothly some days everything will go tits up and that's absolutely fine it just means that you're going to have key things that allow you to plan a little bit and change the baby's behavior through consistency so if you've got set things that are happening at the same time each day then your baby is gonna fall into line with that to a certain extent and we do always have flexibility around consistency but consistency is the word that you're going to hear a lot from me it might sound simple but i know it's not i mean parenthood is exhausting and sometimes the path of least resistance just seems easier that is true all the way out. So being consistently consistent can be really time consuming actually and can feel exhausting in itself because you need to make a plan. And also it requires patience because you don't always see immediate results from being consistent. But as you say, it's really important to know that some days it just goes tits up. But the whole point in consistency is that it's like most of the time You do really need to be comfortable with the key things that you want to be consistent with. It it will be baby-led in the sense of the stage that your baby's at is what's going to dictate where you do need to be consistent. And you also have to have the whole family on board with it. And that includes parents, carers, extended family. You don't want to put something in place, having been consistent for a couple of weeks, have cracked whatever issue you've got through consistency and then you leave baby with someone else and they do something completely different. It's Again, it's all about communication and all being on the same page. Yeah, so you need to work out how to tackle things together and all be on the same team because if one parent deals with babies, for example, if one parent deals with things one way and another does it in a different way, it can be, can be difficult because they, yeah. they are, the, the baby's always going to want the parent that does you know, the thing that they want. 
Exactly. And it just then means that you're starting afresh every time you make a change. So if you've done something for three to five nights or days and you've cracked it in a sense, and then someone else comes along and does something different, you're then going back to your starting point of battling it out for three to five nights. And it doesn't need to be a horrible battle. That's not what we mean at all. We're not talking about, you know, letting baby cry for hours or anything like that. We're just talking about having consistent things in place so that the baby and you know where you're going totally well you've kind of you've been letting the secret out of the bag there but so that is consistency but basically it's the foundation of the the golden rule the eight mom's golden rule on to our second thing let's share this wee golden nugget with you sarah the golden rule <laughs> the three to five day rule again it's another one of my favorites you know people ask me how can I make this change how quickly is it going to happen and my chat is always the same you know it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to happen in an hour you need to be consistent for three to five days to see changes actually stick and if it doesn't stick in that time it's not right for you and baby and that's okay there's another thing that we can do to help it's not just a one-size-fits-all the idea is that it takes around three days to establish a new habit for baby and then once you've done the hard work you should stick it out so if they haven't fed through the night for three nights try and stick to it if they've slept through without your help for three nights don't go back on whatever props like we spoke about in our last episode whatever props you've used to help them get to sleep on the fourth night if you've managed to get them to nap at the right times for a half a week keep going you're an athlete you've got this <laughs> i also thought it'd be quite good seeing as we're here to explain where this idea of the golden rule or the golden rules come from because when sarah first came to our house to help us as baby sleep consultant my husband is quite a demanding person love you baby um, but he's quite demanding and he was like I need to know the rules what what can I do what can I not do he really needed something sort of set out so this was where the golden rule came from he said right Sarah what is the golden rule and that was kind of how it came about <laughs> it was it was really entertaining actually I mean these are all rules that I've used for years but I've never had a label for them no. and I love the fact that Ollie actually just needed uh text messages the next day saying these are the golden rules and this is what you need to do and it's stuck after that so thanks Ollie and and it's important I guess to mention the other side of the this as well isn't it that yeah it might take three days to to change things positively yeah the downside is that it can take three days to make a negative change as well but I always like to reassure parents by saying you know anything that can be sorted can be broken can also be sorted again and there are going to be occasions you know we're not asking people to be prisoners in their own home you're going to go on holiday you're going to have nights out well maybe not just now but (laughs) ordinarily you're going to have a life and that's totally fine and we actively encourage that as well and you just then have your bag of rules in place that when you're ready to get things back on track you can implement these things and use these tools to get things back to where you want to be again. So it's three days to fix it, three days to break it, three to five days to fix it again. That is such a good point because I know we're talking about the sleep mum's golden rule, but actually 
this is really just the start point of you making your own set of rules, if you like, or guidelines or foundations for your own family. Because as you know, what we're all about is basically giving parents and caregivers this kind of tool belt that helps make you feel more confident in what you do. You know, I'm not throwing you in (laughs) here, but you know, the other day you were saying, oh, sometimes I do do this thing because I know that it's so easy to fix it. And I think that's the thing that can be really daunting for, for new parents is that you're so worried that if you do something wrong that it's going that you can't get back from there and that's why I think the golden rule is also really important because it just means that in the back of your head you're kind of going right okay well there's this kind of buffer zone basically that both in a good way and a bad way I guess definitely and I do think that is so important like I am the first to hold my hand up and say I'm a mom as well as a sleep consultant and yeah what catch referring to is the fact that I do let my four-year-old come sneak into my bed and I don't put her back. But if it happens once, I know that I've then got the next three nights to fix it and that's fine. But we all love a cuddle and I'm not going to say no to mine. So, And you shouldn't say no to yours either. We yeah. can just fix that if it's happened. I'm going to say something which may sort of in my head is sounding a little bit deep, but maybe it's not. But <laughs> I worried so much at the beginning about being the right kind of parent reading all the books and all of that and what what I think a wee bit of experience has kind of led me to is realizing that you will always be the right parent for your child because they're your baby and you will you know you always have their best interests at heart and that's why I get upset and frustrated by the parenting cliques because you know we all just want to do the right thing and we don't really know what that is <laughs> that's why we have Sarah <laughs> I think as well it's really important to mention that you know you're saying that you do the right thing as a parent and you absolutely do but you also do the right thing for each child you know yeah you have done things so differently with Roar from what you did with Indy because you're recognizing that they are individuals and you know the same with my three you know they are individual children the routine that I had with Harry didn't work for Emily for two reasons you know partly because she was a girl and needs are slightly different but also because she was number three you know it is different and it's really really important that you don't get hung up on this is what worked so this is what's going to work again you know that isn't the case and I cannot tell you how many people get in touch with me saying I'm on number three four or five I should know what I'm doing no you shouldn't know what you're doing you weren't at university to become a mum (laughs) <laughs> oh, totally. University of life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to our third thing. I think we should talk about coping with change. As I mentioned at the start, consistency and so the golden rule can be really exhausting. And for a lot of tired parents, even making small changes can feel really daunting. So our third thing is talking about change and ways we can cope with it. So Sarah, what are some of the ways we can cope with making changes as parents? Well, first of all, you need to make sure that you and baby are ready to make the changes. You know, it might be that your baby's needs are changing. And so you do have to run with that because you've got to meet their needs. But it also might be that your situation's changing and so you need the baby to actually come into line with something that you require. And that um, might simply be that you're really exhausted and not feeling like you're functioning, could it? Definitely, absolutely. You know, you might have done something for so long and just suddenly realise that actually you're so sleep deprived now that that's not what you want to do anymore and that's absolutely fine. You're allowed to make the changes just 
to make your family unit work better. So you have to just make sure that you've got the time to commit to the changes that you're making. If you've decided that you want to bring bedtime to a specific time, make sure that for the next couple of weeks, you can be consistent with that. You know, follow the golden rule of the three to five days just to get that really ingrained and then just have a little bit of consistency around it. Don't make a change if you know that in three days' time you're going to be going on holiday and you're not going to be able to continue to implement it. I think, you know, as you're saying, you need to kind of make a plan, look forward, and also bring everyone on board so that everyone that is a caregiver or parent for for baby knows what's happening and they're, and they're committed to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of talk about commitment. Definitely going to be freaking <laughs> some people out. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm a wee bit impatient and so I have a bit of a tendency to be like, right, I want to make this change and I want to do it now and maybe not look forward and (laughs) do those things. And then also probably get a bit frustrated, I guess, when things don't change as quickly as I would like them to. So I suppose another thing, another way of coping with change is just to remind yourself to be patient, that it will help in the long term and it will be worth it. Definitely. And also remember that, you know, although we're talking about the three to five rule, it does, it is there. But as I said earlier, it doesn't always work instantly for everything. So it might be that, you know, you've tried something for three to five days and then actually just need to change that completely and choose something else or make that change be something completely different to what you'd originally thought it was going to be. And some babies might be a wee bit more stubborn, so three to five days might look more like 10 to 12 days. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been me. (laughs) (laughs) So that's coping with it all. But how do you cope once you think you have it down? How do you keep that consistency going? So that's our fourth thing. How do you carry on with your favourite word? Consistency. Turning into a musical. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really important to remember that, you know, once you've set your new routine, your baby is then going to become more flexible within that routine. So although we're talking about consistency and we're talking about timings and set things, once you and your baby know where you're at, you will then have flexibility within that because baby is going to know exactly what's going on. I actually had a perfect photo from a client the other day who sent a picture of baby number four curled up asleep on the floor because it was 10 a.m and that was her nap time but mum had been distracted with the other three and hadn't quite made it up to the cot rolled over and went to sleep because that was nap time that's the (laughs) you know that's a fourth baby right there (laughs) but you know, it's just showing that a baby does respond really well to the consistency, but also within that consistency, you do have the flexibility of, you know, a baby might be looking for a feed half an hour earlier or half an hour later. It's okay to have that change. And I guess maybe if you, if we wanted to bring the, the three to five day rule within this as well, that would probably be quite a good way. If you like, if you look at your week, okay, once you've got past those initial stages of trying to ingrain whatever the new new habit or new new circumstances are that you then go right okay if I'm looking ahead at my week we can play around with a few days you can be a bit less consistent on those couple of days but ideally you want those three to five days to be more consistent yep definitely if you look at your week as you know even seven days within those seven days I would actively encourage parents to you know do 
maybe three or four cot naps and three buggy naps, Mm -hmm. things like that. So again, you're getting that consistency because as we keep saying, none of us want to be prisoners to our own homes. You know, we do want to be getting out and about. So it, it might sound like a wee bit of a contradiction, but like once you're out of that zone of the three to five days, it's almost like being consistently flexible. <laughs> It's probably what's going to work for most people because mm-hmm. all, we are not robots. Our lives are not, well, some people's lives may look exactly the same every day, but most of us don't. And some days we feel differently. So, you know, you have to be able to go with that. And I guess that really helpfully, as always, brings us to our final thing, which is a wee bit like an extra helping of the Sweet Mum's Golden Rule. Our golden golden rule if you like it's not quite as catchy as a golden rule it is don't worry if it all goes tits up (laughs) (laughs) absolutely the bottom line is it is going to go tits up at some point you know we aren't all going to have the perfect days every day as parents you're going to have off days you're going to have grumpy days you're going to have stress days babies are the same babies and children have off days they have grumpy days they have stress days take each day as a day don't think that one bad day means that you've now got two bad weeks or a bad month it's not like that you know when you start your day again the next day at the right time you're back on track okay and there will be things like teething could throw things for a few days illness can throw things for a few days but you have got the consistency and tools to get things back on track when you and baby are ready I I think it's such an important thing to say because I kind of you know before meeting you I guess I was quite anxious about it all and I kind of imagined my day like a a massive Jenga puzzle, you know, those wooden blocks that you pull ones out. And my fear was that if I pulled the wrong one out, then the whole day would come crashing down. And that wouldn't just be for that day, that it would affect all the other days. And I think that's probably true for lots of parents. I know you've said to me before that um, many clients come to you saying, you know, I tried this and and then it went tits up. And so I, I stopped doing it because that was the end of it. But honestly, it it doesn't need to be like that. You can come back from a bad day. We're at the part of our episode where we get to answer a listener's question. Do, do, do. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think it needs a theme tune. Today we have one from Kerry. Hi Kat and Sarah. I have a four-month-old baby and a really well-established routine. My baby's getting a bit big for his Moses basket, but I'm apprehensive to move him because I don't want to destroy the routine that we've already got in place. What would you suggest? Sounding a wee bit windy there. What do we reckon she's pounding the streets with a pram? It's actually a brilliant question because it is a transition that everybody goes through and generally a transition where everybody does get a little bit nervous. I'll often see little bundles who are actually bursting out of their Moses baskets because parents have been a little bit anxious about making the change. They've been unsure of how it's going to affect their overall routine and so they've just clung on to that security blanket of the Moses basket. So once you have decided that you're ready and baby's ready to make the change, you want to set your cot up with a little nest in it just so that it's not such a big, open, scary space that they're going into. Um, And once you've got the little nest, then I would always recommend that you start, first of all, with a couple of naps. So set aside your nap times on day one and just pop baby down. Now, they're going to be a little bit out of kilter because it is a change. So try and keep things as consistent as possible with the surroundings. So, you know, look at your environment. 
popped them down in the same sleeping bag that they've been in their Moses basket in or swaddle, have the same comforters that you've been using, you know, use your white noise, have a dark room, you know, so try and keep everything as the same as the Moses basket as you can, but into the cot. The other thing that you can do as well, if it is a Moses basket that you've been using, you can actually, for a few days before you actually make the transition, you can actually put the Moses basket into the cot. So the baby is in the Moses basket inside of the cot. And then after three days, that's when you would get rid of the Moses basket and then pop the baby down in this little nest in the cot. As with everything, you're looking at three to five days for them to get used to it. So if you can be really consistent over that time, do all your naps in the cot and do it overnight. So you're going to get results faster because essentially that's going to be three or four times a day that you're settling baby in the cot. So you're going to get to the end goal much quicker than if it was something that you were doing once a day. You know, baby is going to get used to it a lot faster. Um, but again, you need a plan in place and you need to be sure that you're ready because what you don't want to do is pop baby into the cot, they get a little bit unsettled, they have a bit of a freak out and then you quickly whip them out and pop them back in the Moses basket. It's yeah. not going to help you in the long term or a baby. And obviously if you wanted to do it a wee bit more gradually, like so you could you could... I accept it's going to be a slightly longer period of time, but you could do all your naps in the cot for a week and then move to nights if you felt like you couldn't face it. But it prob- the whole process will probably take longer. So it's a wee bit like a sticking plaster. You can either go for it in a shorter period of time or perhaps do it a wee bit more gently, but accept that it's going to take longer. And the thing with that as well is that you might find that actually after baby has had a couple of naps in the cot, when you do try to put them back into the Moses basket, they then resist it because they haven't got the space to have a good old stretch. And babies do like to wriggle and stretch by the time they get to the sort of four to six month mark. You know, they're much more on the move than they have been. So um, I remember being really, really nervous about, I think often as you come up to these milestones, I've said it before, you get a bit worried about what they're going to be like because it feels like a big change, especially those ones like moving baby into a cot, weaning. Uh, they mm-hmm. all seem to come around the same time as well. And so that can feel really quite scary. And I remember the build up to moving um, both of my kids into a cot. I was like, oh, it's going to be awful. And then actually it was better than I thought it was going to be. But also I'd made quite a lot of effort to make sure that they were really familiar with the space that we'd played in it, like they'd hung out in it. So it wasn't just this weird sudden, like, oh, you're not in this really cute little cozy um, Moses basket situation anymore. And suddenly in this big wide open space, they were kind of familiar with it. You know, as one of the very big signs that your baby's not a baby anymore and so people can get quite emotional about that you know that jump to the court really is you know they're going to be in the court for maybe another two and a half years of their life so you've not got a tiny newborn anymore at the point when you're moving but it's also worth mentioning here as well that some people will actually use a court from day one and that's absolutely fine you know you don't actually need to have a Moses basket or any of the other things you know they're nice and lovely and, and snug for the baby but if you do decide just to go straight to a cot from day one that's absolutely fine. I, that, there's always that feeling like right at the beginning before you come up become a parent though you're like I need to have all the things I need them I've been told that I need them and actually you, as you say you need far less stuff than you're you're told that you do. All you need is that. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Thank you so much to Kerry. That was our listener question this week. I've mentioned before, but if you want to get in touch with us with your own listener question, just get online on Facebook or Instagram, the Sleep Mums, or you can send us a wee message on our website, put listener question in the title. We usually try and tie in our questions to the topic that we're talking about. So sometimes it might take a little while for us to catch up with everything, but we think it's really important to put what we're talking about into practice in the real world. So that's five things about the sleep mum's golden rule. Actually, it was a total gold mine of baby sleep chat. Not one, but two golden rules. As always, with all our help, we want to share with you the foundations of better baby sleep and then give you the tools and the confidence to shape how it fits into your lives. We are all different, thank God, and our parenthoods all look a wee bit different too. I mean, mine is definitely in a shady part of town. We hope that helped. If it did, I'm sorry, I know we always ask, but it really helps us to keep helping you. Please give us a review, subscribe to the pod and share with all your parenting buddies via at Playgroup, down the park or on your socials. Thanks for listening and sleep soon.